This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. You know, I would connect the dots. I would draw half man, half chicken, pizza man, things that, but then it's all coming back to it. What does this, you know, half man, half piece of cheese have linked with anything? Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. He is still the bender to my fry, the voice of NXT joining us on this journey as every week. Mr. Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? Well, good day to you, Mr. Graves. Another great week of NXT, another great week of Raw. Looking forward to SmackDown tonight as we move closer to Extreme Rules. Busy, busy, busy. Busy is the word to describe me. Pulling double duty, of course, we know McAfee. Stricken with the COVID. Uh, Shout out to Pat. We know he's a big fan of the show. He's definitely listening. Actually, he's definitely not, but shout out to him. Anyway, (laughs) I will be covering for Pat McAfee one more time on Friday Night SmackDown. Please save your angry tweets for someone other than myself. I didn't choose it. I'm just showing up. Make sure the ship doesn't sink. But I had the best seat in the house for both SmackDown last Friday and Monday Night Raw. And my big takeaway from both shows is how wide open the championship pictures are on both brands. I'm going to start with Friday Night. Roman Reigns, obviously coming out of SummerSlam, amazing title defense of, against John Cena. We see the reemergence of the beast, Brock Lesnar. So you know somewhere Lesnar is looming in the universal championship picture. And we see on Friday night, Finn Balor says, hey, you forgot about me. John Cena cut the line. I still want my chance tonight. If you're listening to this, the day it drops, Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title on Friday Night SmackDown. It's going to be amazing. It makes me think of when I first got called up to Monday Night Raw, right about the same time as Finn Balor made his appearance, had a banger, as the kids like to say, a banger of a match beating Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw some years ago. I'm really curious to see what, that has in store for all of us tonight. Well, just focusing on SmackDown, like you mentioned, and you go back to SummerSlam and before, it's nice to see a little bit of a story here, right? Because Finn came out before SummerSlam, as you mentioned, and then didn't get his opportunity. Now he's coming back for his opportunity. So I like the fact that there is some sort of thread going on between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns because it does seem sometimes something gets thrown to the wall and it sticks or they're makeshifting something and then you hear the internet community whine and cry instead of just sitting back, taking a breath, 
and going on the journey that we're going to see. So I, th- I think it's very cool to see SmackDown with that sort of up and down, even flow of contenders. And the same thing goes for Raw a- as well. It's just fun to see something new, something fresh in matchups we haven't seen in a while. Did you use the word makeshifting? Makeshifting, yes. Is that even a word? I've been using it a lot on Tuesdays before the show starts. So you Fair can enough. use it, add it to your repertoire if you'd like. I'll pass. But elsewhere on Friday Night SmackDown, we saw uh, none other than the Hall of Famer Edge make his intentions known once again. Hey, I got sidetracked with Rollins. I want Roman again. Give me Roman and Edge again. I've got all the time in the world for that. The Universal Championship picture on Friday nights is a lot of fun. Monday night, I think, was even more significant as pertains to multiple championships on the red brand. We've got the almighty WWE champion, Bobby Lashley. No secret what a fan I am of everything that he is doing, has been doing, and will continue to do. But this Monday, we saw a lot of different interactions. Uh, We've got Damian Priest, who was on the show recently, the United States champion, came out and and issued a challenge. You've got Sheamus in the mix. We go off the air on Monday Night Raw with Randy Orton, half of the tag team champions, delivering an RKO to Bobby Lashley. I loved seeing all the champions in the same sort of thread, the word that you used, through Monday Night Raw. It was sort of chaotic. It was sort of unpredictable, but it was a lot of fun to me. It made everything feel a little bit more important. Like, hey, we have all these championships, and I myself have been critical in the past. I think there are too many championships in WWE to have a whole set on Raw, a different set on SmackDown. NXT has its own set of championships. There are way too many to keep track of, in my humble opinion. However, I thought Monday night elevated a lot. I think Sheamus did a great job with the United States Championship, I thought. Priest is on an amazing upward trajectory. Uh, the rocket is strapped to him as, as the, the those who think they are insiders like to use. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but Priest is doing incredible work. AJ Styles and Omos were still in the mix at the end of Monday Night Raw. They still want the tag team titles, but AJ's been WWE champion before. AJ knows what it's like to hold that. Who knows what Omos is capable of in the not-too-distant future? I just think Monday blew the doors wide open. You had McIntyre in the mix in, in that triple threat, which is amazing. Probably my favorite match that's happened on Raw in quite some time. Drew, obviously the stipulation he's not allowed to challenge Bobby Lashley for the WWE championship as long as Bobby's champion, but even even having Drew in the mix elevated everybody. Sheamus has been doing awesome, but to have Priest defeat Drew McIntyre, who was WWE champion just a matter of months ago, it's incredible. It made everything feel bigger and more significant to me. Uh, makes me it makes it feel more important. And then you think about Riddle too. You talk about Omos and AJ Styles. Right, there were so many words there. Right, yeah. Now, you, now you're getting Riddle that and that's a new fresh face to some, I guess if you want to throw it out there that now he's tied in to that sort of championship picture. And you take it a step further, still got Bill Goldberg. Still got Goldberg walking around, you know, and he's like Brock. He's yeah. in the he's in the woods waiting to strike. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of different ways this can go. It's fun, and I don't want to use the word chaos because it's it's not chaotic. It's it's very well done because there's nothing going on that seems like it's just, oh, we have to try to catch everything. It's like, oh, this guy. Well, what about this guy? And, and look, Seamus, we talked about it. Did that guy have – has he had a bad match this year? No. You put him no. against Bobby Lashley, imagine what they can do. Obviously, you mentioned Drew. I think even Riddle getting an opportunity to take on Bobby Lashley would be absolutely amazing at that sort of caliber with things Riddle has done. Randy and Bobby's is fresh. I think what you said, though, about the title reigns, I think about NXT UK. 
Walter had the amazing reign, the longest reign in the modern era. It's, it was nice to see a longevity, so to speak, of a guy who was dominant. Kaylee Ray held the women's title in NXT UK for 650 days. And I think there's something to that because Bobby's been champion for such a long time. Roman's been champion for such a long time. It'll be interesting to see how long Becky holds on to the SmackDown Women's Championship as well, moving to other divisions. But it's just it's fun because it's now different. It's something we haven't seen in years. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, eight years. I love that. I, I always, and maybe it's an old school mentality I have, but I love the champion being a dominant champion, sitting on top of the mountain and just striking down challengers because it makes everything more important. It makes the championship more valuable. I, I'm going to throw it all the way back to the days of Bruno San Martino, uh, who was one of the, the legends whose streak was broken over the, you know, in the, in the not too distant uh, past. But to have Bruno as the guy, and you knew when Bruno came to town, it was a big deal. And he was the champion and no one could beat Bruno. So when Bruno finally lost, it was, oh my God, can you believe? Now you've got another gen, whoever dethrones the champions is just by default now a star. I go back to Brock's reign of yes. 500 plus days. And so many people are angry. Oh, he never shows up. He never shows up. Oh, he only wrestles once a year. Oh yeah, dude, but he's the champion. He's dominant. He kicks somebody's ass. And then whoever beats him, the rocket gets strapped to the back to tie it back to, to that yeah, phrase. So yeah. it, it means something. It matters. I look back now and think, damn, Brock had a great reign. I wouldn't mind seeing Bobby go as champion for 400 some days. Sure. Roman's knocking on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Roman just surpassed a year, which has been incredible. It's amazing how fast the year went thinking Roman returned at SummerSlam last year in the Thunderdome. And now fast forward, here we are. We just did SummerSlam at Allegiant Stadium. Roman's still the dude. It all feels right. I love everything happening with the bloodline, the Usos, Roman. That that to me is just what a great awesome. shirt, by the way. That right? The bloodline has that's yeah. probably one of my favorite WWE yeah. shop shirts we've had in a while. Yeah, I actually went to the merch table backstage and tried to steal one and he didn't have any. So uh, that's that just goes to show you that they're the they're the hot item. I was trying to trying to get one on the house, but uh, no such luck. But uh, there, there's some some things heating up in the NXT Championship picture now held by our uh, good dear friend Samoa Joe. No, yeah, the, you know Samoa Joe, first ever three time NXT champion. Don't know who his first challenger's going to be, and that's exciting in itself. And you know, there's so many good. Johnny Gargano could be a challenger. Tommaso Ciampa could be a challenger. Pete Dunn's made his intentions known. Imagine Pete Dunn, Samoa Joe. That would be fun. Sign me up. Tommaso Ciampa, Samoa Joe. Face to face, Samoa Joe. You know, so you can just uh, you throw out other names too. Kyle O'Reilly has been on such a rise. I like it's, Pete Dunn versus Samoa. Joe. I heard you the first three times what you said. So you could get Pete Dunn, Samoa Joe, and as you said, a banger of a match that would be. So there's just so many possibilities. Nobody really knows, and that's part of the. Are you smiling? Thinking of Pete Dunn, Samoa Joe. I'm actually Joe? thinking that because Pete Dunn is from the UK, and a banger over there is a sausage. <laughs> completely different situation. So I don't know. Angers and mash. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Yeah, I screwed that one up, but either way, feet done Samoa Joe. I mean, there's just so many options, even on the NXT brand that you start to sit back and think, Oh, this isn't such a one way train anymore. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, which is going to piss off everyone on the internet that they don't know what's going to happen. You're very angry at the internet, Vic. You made me angry at the end. I, I, listen, I'm I'm like a bastion of positivity now on, on the, the tweet machine. A Just nice thing. Yeah, that's right. Like Bastion Booger. Way to tie it back into wrestling. I like that. 
<laughs> Come that's on, why man. You are who you are. for a reason, Vic. Yeah, give me, give me a little credit from time to time. I give you credit all the time. I know. I want more. I want to talk to uh, our guest here in a little bit and get his thoughts because he is always in an extremely close proximity to the Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke nice. Nakamura. Rick Boogs coming up here in moments on ATB. Man, what else is going on? This is... We Your got transition all the transition game is strong, by the way. It, it, well, I'm about to blow it out, out of the water because I completely lost my train of thought. Because let's be honest, I am completely stressed out and overwhelmed this week. As much fun as it's been uh, being part of SmackDown again and being back in the grind and back in the groove and doing everything like I did for so long, I've, I've been enjoying it at the moment. But this is also the week that I'm attempting to move. I'm not attempting, I'm moving. We, moving. we purchased a home and we are moving so when you go from like already the hectic schedule of being in WWE and dealing with WWE's travel, uh, and then in the middle of it, you're trying to do an actual major life event, it's a bit tricky. So so my brain is a bit scattered to say the least right now. So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going to lean on you, Vic, to hold this thing on, you know, keep it on the rails. That's that's a dangerous thing. Do you remember the days of Raw, then Tuesday SmackDown? Are you kind of wishing those days were back where you could have went boom, boom, out? I had a conversation about the the travel and how much I missed it and the crew that we had assembled for so long. Ah, yes. Back when Raw and SmackDown were back to back. I was actually, full disclosure, driving from Las Vegas after SummerSlam to uh San Diego with I think we my, made that. My yeah, we sure have with my uh broadcast partner Jimmy Smith. And we were just chatting about life and he's being exposed to the the grind and schedule that is WWE. Did he have a meat tray for you? He did not have a meat Did tray he have any it. candies for you? He, he did not. I actually huh. provided the beef jerky, but I let him know, Vic. I let him know that you set the bar to an incredibly tall height that he may not be able to surpass or even reach, which is okay. There's no shame in that. We've, we've acknowledged many times your skills and abilities as arguably the best wheel man that I have been exposed to in the business. And I stand by that. And I don't use that accolade lightly. Um, but you know what? You got to do your thing in uh, in the CWC. So I'm just soaking it in right now. What the adulation? Yeah. Okay. It. Keep saying well, nice listen, things. Uh, that's it. You you've I, I've hit my quota as far as compliments for Vic Joseph today. You're a great wheel man. But Jimmy did great too. Jimmy drove the entire way. Didn't stop. I drove the entire way. I know, but I'm just saying that was what made you Do we special. Need to race now? <laughs> Do we maybe the car maybe try to I'm this? trying to figure something out here where we can, you know, remember ride along? We could do like a really interesting duel. We couldn't do a ride along, dude. Our ride along would never see the light of day. That's true. That is true. I've done if several really ride alongs. Yeah, we couldn't do a ride along. Ours, 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 ours wouldn't make it. No, absolutely not. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things but at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. Side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. 
Okay, well, I want to break it down. When we're talking about being on the road and having your eyes open, I used to love to take the little peanut butter cups that were in the uh, hotel, little smucker things, and that's what wait, I would have wait, for wait, breakfast. Wait, 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 wait. You just named about 11 different things that don't go together. They don't give you about? peanut butter cups in a hotel, and little Smuckers makes of, jelly, not no, peanut No, the little Jif peanut butter gimmicks. That that's were Jif. Little, that's not Smuckers. Whatever. Smuckers it's makes all the jelly. same to me. So anyways, I take that, and you and I would wait, have wait. coffee. Are you a what? strawberry or grape? I don't do guy? grape. Grape's out. Oh I don't do God, grape. Lord. I don't do strawberry. Every I don't want nice jam. thing Get that I just said about you. Straight peanut butter. I take back. On a spoon. I mean, there's nothing wrong with peanut butter on a spoon. but like, Which, by the way, a spoon is a better way to spread something than a knife. We can get into that at a different conversation. That is one of my new things in life. I live by four things now. That's the fourth. So, why do you look bewildered? <laughs> I know no one can see your face right now. You don't think, honestly, go get peanut butter, spread it with a knife, and then take the back end of a spoon and then try to spread it with a spoon. You get a much more even piece on the bread or whatever you're going to spread it on by using a spoon. You don't need knives. Just need steak knives. Butter knife out the door. Yes? I've charged you with keeping the show on the rails. <laughs> and within mistake. a matter of moments, we have just... Do. Right into the side of the mountain. But you were running out of steam, and now there's a glow about you. You're leaning forward because I can see you, obviously, on the Zoom call. You are ready to rock and roll talking about jam and spoon spreading. No, I'm ready okay. to rock and roll to talk about rock and roll with Rick Boogs. I don't care I'm about ask, your, I'm your write that down. choice Spoon of- or a knife to spread peanut butter? Like, if you're in a bind, I understand. If you oh, don't no, have a I, knife available, a, a spoon will suffice. But then there's the divot. There's the, there's the actual spoon part that gets full of peanut butter. And no. then you have to, like, take the bread and, like, no. dig it out. See, that's where it, you're wrong. You no. go the other way with the round part and scoop it so it's not in the thing. And then you get a nice, even. So why would you not Go just right now. A, go grab a piece of peanut butter or a piece of bread, some peanut butter, and a spoon. You lost it's, all it's, credibility at the beginning of this conversation. I'm telling you, you right now, it's going to change your no, life. Smuckers, anyway, what Jif, were you trying to say? You started telling me something Goober. about... What the hell's Goober? Goober's one with the peanut butter and the jelly in it. With the oh, you just... You, see, you caught yourself in a lie. You said, I don't have time for jelly. Now, well, I don't actually, eat that. You actually I just know that it's Goober. It, that sounds gross. Actually, I might start eating that with a spoon. Anyways, speaking of spoon, cereal, right? This past week, I'm- Welcome to After the Bell, everybody. The official WWE Sports Entertainment Podcast. Well, you just just a reminder, I am still Corey Graves, and this is still Vic Joseph. Are we restarting I am exhausted. the show? Huh? No, no, no. We're not restarting the show. I'm just reminding everybody who's made it this far, who hasn't tuned out, that thinks, oh my God, I downloaded the wrong Nobody's podcast. Nobody's tuned out. No, people are now going, wow, I'm going to start using a spoon. No one is going to start using a spoon for their peanut oh, butter. Yeah, I, I, I to beg spread. to differ. Spoon spreading is the way to go. Knives are to cut steak, not anything else. Try it. You're absolutely ridiculous. And I'm, I'm rethinking my decision to entrust you with the keys to the kingdom. You already because, gave them to me. This yeah, I know. And I want them back. Man. I want them back. You're not getting them back. Oh, while we're talking about cereal, Vic, I mean, let, let's see how, let's, what's pertinent about that? Booberry. I'm with you on that. Frankenberry. Yep. Count chocolate. I don't. I see. I don't throw count chocolate in that because I get oh count chocolate God. all year long. I don't get booberry and frankenberry. That to me is like a Halloween treat, a fall treat. I wouldn't go no. buy booberry in January. Well, that's why you and I will never be actual best friends. Well, you are my best friend. So when we have those cereals, fruit shopping, Mackenzie had never tried them. She didn't even know what they were. I felt a pain in my heart. That she had never tasted the greatness of blueberry that turns your milk blue. 
Oh, that's, I mean, basically that's on you for your choice of partner. No, because, no, it's uh, not on yeah, me. It's totally I also saw you. the tweet you put out, Mr. What did you say? I said that's that I need to start re- yeah. Re- yeah. You need to rethink all life decisions regarding relationships. Hi, honey. We can't continue this because you don't know what booberry cereal is. That's I think that's perfectly acceptable. Okay, so I'm what's better to dumped you? chicks for less? Oh, I, actually, I would agree with that, actually, <laughs> on your case. So I'll go with Booberry, Frankenberry, Count Chocula. Which of those are your three? Which well, one yeah, do you pick? All three. They actually have a mega mix now this year. It's too much. all three that's, of them together. Oh no. Well, listen, because I That's don't want to make much. that choice. But if 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 my back is against the wall, Booberry. I'm going to go Frankenberry. You were not. You're about to say Booberry. You no. just don't want to agree with me. I love, Who chooses Frankenberry? I choose Frankenberry. You choose Booberry. I like Booberry. I, I, this is not a knock on Booberry. This is just my personal preference is, uh, is Frankenberry. All right, so let me throw this at you. Let's do another, like, we watch, a, like, let's say we'll watch Survivor Series, a classic Survivor Series, instead of candy bars. We try all those different cereals. We don't need to try them. I, I can get them I, like right saying, now. I, I can go to the store and buy them. I think it'd be I, fun. I, I, well, there's a lot of things we could do that are fun, Vic. I don't think it's going to enhance the show in any capacity because it's trying, trying to, to speak about Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or the Universal Championship or WWE title picture with a mouthful of freaking booberry isn't going to make anybody want to listen to this anymore. It's going to be it's disgusting. Gonna be, it's not going to be disgusting. Vic, have you ever sat beside someone... Who is eating next to you while you eat and you cover your mouth because you don't like to see people that when you're chewing, you do this so no one sees you. I don't cover my mouth, but I have manners. Have you ever sat beside somebody who is eating a bowl of cereal while you are not simultaneously eating? Because when you're eating cereal across the table from somebody, the crunch happens in your own head. So you're distracted. You can't hear. But if you're sitting in a quiet room and someone sits down beside you with a bowl of cereal, to me, Few things make my skin crawl that badly. I know one thing that makes your skin crawl that I can't say on here, but I'll probably send you something here in a second. It's a nice little noise that comes out. But when it comes to chewing your food, what's wrong with that? That's calming. Listening to someone else chew their food? Yeah, like that little crunch, crunch. That's disgusting. It's like, ah, cool. I wonder what he's had over there. No, gross. Absolutely not. And you are no longer allowed to choose the topics on ATB. This is absolutely- Spoon or knife. Try the spoon to spread your peanut butter. I'm telling you, it'll change your life. It's the, how is it going to change anyone's life, Vic? It might make Makes things- it easier. Then you get a, a good bind. lick of the spoon. And then you can use the spoon into like your applesauce. We got a little thing of applesauce, maybe a little yogurt, maybe your cereal. You're, I, I, I can't. Is Boogs on the line yet? So here at ATB, it is our honor and privilege to welcome- the personal guitar player for the Intercontinental Champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. The most metal thing happening on Friday nights, Rick Boogs. I don't think we're going to have to be able to set. It's all good. I love it's it. I, I think it's great. I, we should all stand yeah, up. You know, when you stand, listen, I worked, I worked in sales. I worked in sales for a little bit. And they said that when you're on the phone, when you're on the phone, it's good to be on your feet because you can be, you can be more active, right? You can have movement. And people can feel that movement. You know what I'm saying? They can feel your energy. I so like if it. You're, if you're on the phone, you're trying to make a sale, and you're sitting down feeling lethargic, you think they're going to buy what you're selling? What did you sell, Boogs? <laughs> so I wrestled collegiately. So I uh, heard of this job that was selling recruiting packages, basically. And uh, it didn't end up being what I thought it was going to be. Basically, not like it's a, a sham or a scam or anything along those lines, but 
if a kid wants to get recruited by a college, how can they get recruited if the college doesn't know who they are, basically? So you're selling a service where it's just like you get their videos and you get and, and you're just pushing it to all different college programs, basically. You get their foot in the door. So it's just I wasn't the one doing that. I was just selling that service. It sounds like a scam to me, if I'm being honest. <laughs> mm, sounds like a scam. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think. Well, listen, if you're a great athlete, then you probably don't need it, right? Because they're, they're already going to know who you are. It's more for like the kids that are going to go Division two, Division three, maybe uh, from different states, right? Like if I'm in Wisconsin, then how's a, a program in Arizona, for instance, going to know who I am? So that's that's maybe where it comes into play. But uh, yeah. I mean, sounds like Sycamore Bishop High School out of Ohio. Right. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> Bishop <laughs> Sycamore, yeah. Yeah, Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess it kind of doesn't. Why doesn't it? <laughs> that's, that's tremendous. Talk to me. I, I got. We're just rolling with this thing. I, this was the most interesting pre-production discussion that we've had in quite some time with a guest. So let's just keep the energy flowing. But I'm taking it back from the start, Boogs. You and I have, have had minimal interactions. You, you know, you being on Friday Night SmackDown, uh, I kind of missed you in NXT. I need, the, I need the full story. Start me from day one. How the hell did Boogs end up in the WWE universe? Why wow, you want the full shtick? Okay. Well, I guess it would go back to college. I had a wrestling coach that when he wrestled, he wrestled at Oklahoma. So he was roommates with Jack Swagger. Oh, okay. And yeah, and uh, you know, I was a uh, I was a thicker a thicker individual on the program. Right, I was wrestling heavyweight. So he's like, you should think about doing WWE. I got a buddy who's doing it. He's doing really successful. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things like, oh, that'd be cool because I wrestled in college or in high school. And it was always kind of one of those things. It's like, maybe, uh, you know, what do you do? What do you do with uh, amateur wrestling? Right. You either go to the Olympics. You got to be the best in the world. And even if you're the best in the world, how much money do you make after that? Right. Yeah. Right. Olympic gold medalists are not getting rich unless you have like an amazing agent or something like that. Yeah. You get it all on the back end. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So (laughs) I was thinking, well. You know, maybe pursuing sports entertainment down the road. But it was one of those things that always seemed very far-fetched, right? Not in my reality. So fast forward, I graduate. I'm I'm doing I'm a strength coach for a couple of years. I'm working sales for a couple of years. I hate that. I'm going back and doing personal training. I feel like I've hit a dead end, right? That my ceiling is very low. I mean, what do you do? Unless you want to make big money, you got to start your own business or something along those lines. So I, I start uploading YouTube videos, right? I'm doing YouTube videos, breaking my back, just doing the most absurd lifts, trying to somehow break through in uh, like a fitness niche or something like that. So these are these are fitness YouTube videos where you're, yeah. you're working out? Okay. But yeah, yeah. But not like not like what you see typically on YouTube where it's like, oh, how to deadlift, how to squat, that kind of stuff. Like I was literally doing like old time circus lifts, old strongman <laughs> and stuff. Like, Excellent. Where, <laughs> I mean, I literally, I could have blown my back out a thousand different ways. And bench know, pressing cannonballs and stuff like that. Well, yeah, the <laughs> most absurd, dangerous stuff. Yeah. And uh, I would cut promos and I'd be really intense. I would get like very psyched up. And I started building a little following. And then people were saying like, wow, you should really like try out for WWE. And I would see these messages over and over again. And eventually it's like, you know what? I should. And I remember my my college wrestling coach, I'm going to reach out to him, see what I can do to get a trial. 
Oh, and before we get to that point, there was uh, the Tough Enough in like 2014 or 2015, something along those lines. And I told my wife, I'm like, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna try out for that. And uh, she was pregnant at the time, so she wouldn't let me. Said, I was not. about to ask you. I can't imagine that conversation being an easy one. You're you're about to bring another human into the world, and you're like, you know what? I think I'm gonna go try out for WWE. That's yeah, that sounds logical. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So she didn't let me, of course. But fast forward, now we have the kid. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I, I'm not going anywhere in life, right? I'm I'm trying. I'm like killing myself making these circus lift videos online. You know, I seem like a real loser. My parents are telling me like, oh yeah, we have, cause they own a print shop. So they have customers coming in. Like, oh, you, the customers are always bringing up your videos and stuff. And like my mom saying how embarrassed she is of me because I'm just, you know, I'm at, like, <laughs> I know, tough love, I'll tell you what. She's uh, yeah, nothing better than that. So, you know, I feel like I've just, I've hit this terrible point. So I reached out to my old wrestling coach. One thing leads to another. Uh, I end up talking to Jerry Briscoe. Right, we get give me a little tryout. I quit my job. So this tryout, I don't know if you know how these things work. Usually it's like, oh, the tryout's gonna be in September. And then it's like, oh, we pushed it back to November. Now we pushed it back to February. Now we pushed it back. You know what I'm saying? Like they're always getting pushed back. At least in my experience. Well, when I thought the trial was gonna be in September, I quit my job. So I'm bringing no money in now. And the reason I quit my job is because listen, you gotta be all in, right? I wanted to have the pressure of either I, I, I do this or <laughs> I'm unemployed. I'm providing nothing for my family and, you know, I'm screwing the family over big time. I can appreciate that. Sometimes you got to paint yourself into a corner to really force yourself to, to step up. I, I not to the same point where I quit my job. This, it was kind of the same mindset when I got my hands and my throat tattooed, because I was like, if I don't make it, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do because no one's going to hire me to do anything useful looking the way I do. So it was like, well, this is it. I'm going to make it in WWE or I'm going to be, you know, unemployed permanently. And it probably, yeah, and it probably gave you that little extra oomph, right? Sure. To give it a little something extra. And that's how it was for me. Like, I didn't even know what to do. Like, how do I even get ready for the trial? All I know is that I was jobless and my family's hungry, right? So <laughs> it's... Needless to say, I brought my A game. I brought a ton of energy. I didn't gas out on any of the drills. You know, we had a the minute promo we had to cut, which looking back was I didn't prepare at all for it. I don't know why. I just figured, well, let's just see what happens. <laughs> and, Advice know, to any aspiring WWE superstars: don't follow the Boogs path. <laughs> Be prepared. Well, the thing is, I had a story though. You know what I'm saying? Okay, fair enough. I had something to go off of. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what it was going to be until. You know, I got the countdown that we're rolling for the promo, but, you know, I think it was just the fact that I'm unemployed. My family's relying on me. I got to do something. So it was just intuition kicked in. And, you know, long story short, here I am getting moving into the, the performance center. Moving from that, how how was your time in NXT once you stepped into the performance center and those coaches got their hands on you? Oh, man. Well, I've learned at a young age that, you know, as cliche as it is, the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out. Like, you know, the hard, whatever, the hard work, BS, all that kind of stuff, right? Like through amateur wrestling, once I really committed all my off-season time, same with college wrestling, once I, I realized, you know what, like I'm not hitting my goals, I need to do extra training and things of that sort. So with the PC, 
I did the the practice, the extra practice, and then like Mojo would come in and then I would work with him as well. So I'd do like three practices a day starting off. I just, it's a little different animal. It's a different animal than anything else. You're right. The, uh, the trauma on the spine, basically. (laughs) It takes a while to build up that bump callus. Yeah. (laughs) It was, it was unreal and things were rolling. I feel like I was picking it up pretty fast. And then uh, in one of the coconut shows, the Florida local shows that we'd be doing, I kind of uh, messed up my knee a little bit. I didn't think anything of it because I've never been seriously hurt before. And then I just kept training through it. And my, one day my knee just like exploded. So that uh, ACL, MCL, meniscus, bone contusion, just wow. my knee explosion. Yeah. And it, it was terrible. It really set me back. Um, you really, you really like, don't yeah, half-ass anything. <laughs> It'll, it'll be a six to nine month recovery. So here I'm thinking like, well, you know, I'll probably get recovered five months. So I thought I was going to set the record. And in fact, I did set the record, but it was the record for the longest recovery. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't clear me for over a year. Wow. So I don't know why. Maybe there just was no rush to get me back because I didn't do anything yet. But uh, it was hard. But I'm very thankful because all I could do really was just work on like, promo stuff, character stuff. And when I came back, it was totally different than where I was, you know, when I was, before I got hurt, I was, you know, wearing black trunks, right? Just trying to black trunks, black boots, short hair, clean, right? Clean facial hair. Um, just thinking, okay, I'll just focus on just the, the technical aspects of it. And I got hurt and I just started going crazy after a while. I was, uh, I was kind of losing my mind in all honesty because I couldn't work out either. It's always been my my uh, release, so I right. couldn't lift because of the rehab, right? I lost like 20 pounds because of just laying in bed. My body was in shock from surgery. Uh, so I was getting skinny, right? I was, <laughs> I was getting skinny. I was getting weak, uh, getting depressed. So eventually I decided I'm just going to go. I got to go on all in the character. So I was doing like three promo classes a week too, thinking of ways, uh, you know, obviously – a silly little mustache, right? Something that makes you identifiable, a little pink headband, grow the hair out, something along those lines, just little things. So so let me ask you, I'm going to stop you. Just how much of this, this Rick Boogs that the WWE universe knows now that you've evolved into was in you to begin with, or were they all conscious decisions to go, Oh, I I like that. I'm going to try this. Or was there a lot of experimentation or was it kind of like, Hey, I'm just, I'm just taking the chains off. I'm just going to be me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it was. It was just taking the chains off. Um, just going to be wild. You know what I mean? Because I, I was new with it all. So it was like, I didn't know how to approach it at first, but once I, once I lost everything and had surgery and couldn't train, it was like, you know, maybe I'll get released if I don't like, you know, become a character in some, you know, what else can you do at that point? Sure. Sure. So I just figured just go as big as I can with the character stuff. And I was cutting, I was cutting wild promos, man. You know, like Art Von Boogs, I pitch, which was, uh, yeah. I do rem- you know, actually, I, I remember Art Von Boogs, actually, Boogs. Remember I remember that Boogs. because I used to get the, uh, the promo videos still <laughs> from NXT. Those are pretty well. I wish I could find them so that we could insert it in right here. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you did have some wild creative things that you came up with. I threw everything against the wall. Like every, every week I was something different. This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. 
I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Talk to me a little bit more about Art Von Boogs. What does this entail? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I didn't have the promo video sent to me. I was a painter. And basically, oh. like the old the overalls and all that kind of stuff, like the, the jean overalls, that kind of all stems from Art Von Boogs and like a, a French beret. And uh, it was really about my doodles in a sense. Kind of like Dexter Loomis does a little sketch, but I was, you know, I, I had kind of the, I was kind of the same idea, but when I would cut promos, I would draw, I would draw the promos. I would draw what was the opponents. I would draw things of the sense of meaning, shtick, just anything. Okay. And crazy drawings. That's the thing. It's not just a drawing. Anyone can draw. You know, I would connect the dots. I would draw half man, half chicken, pizza man, things of that. But then it's all coming back to it, coming back. Like what? What is this, you know, half man, half piece of cheese have linked with anything, but I would kind of have it all full circle and I would explain it. So it was pretty interesting. I, I think it would have done really well. I well, may secretly I, be hoping right now that Art Von Boog somehow in some capacity shows up on SmackDown <laughs> one of these nights <laughs> because I can hey, see don't this for myself. Boogs. Graves I, has yeah. a knack of saying something and then it happens. So I have a really, really, yeah, really strong man track record. might be of, coming to SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool with that, man. I love the Art Von Boogs gimmick. You know, it was just the, I think they thought it was a little too out there. But you never know. You yeah, because, but out there works, man. Out there I works. Yeah. I remember walking in and then saying something. I go, so it's going to be like, what, Bob Ross? And they're like, no, Vic, it's going to be nothing like Bob Ross. And I watch, I go, holy hell, that is not Bob Ross. Because it was some, <laughs> like, chicken feet coming out of somebody's eyes. And then he connected the dots to a championship match. And then the championship match was on the moon and the moon came and it all came back to the performance center. I don't know how the hell he did it, but it all came back to the performance center. It was that's wild. What, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that can draw a lot of people that draw really well, but it's just, how do you tie things in? And how do you blow people's minds in that sense? Well, I didn't even get to see this and just listening to the description, my mind is slightly You're blown. Sold. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do a little, <laughs> little research. I'm sure we can dig some up. I mean, I'll have to text somebody down at the Performance Center because those yeah. videos live on forever. I'm sometimes oh, yeah, reminded yeah. when <laughs> I go, oh, no. It's all in the database. And like yeah. I was saying, it's I was on the V-Bricks, as yes. we call yeah, them in the PC, the V-Bricks. I don't know. It was. I don't know if they have the old promos though from V-Brick. Do that because that was. Oh yeah. Trust me. I've seen. I've seen some things. You know, some guys in the studio decide to be cute, or you know, they edit it. Some of my buddies from when I used to spend time up there. I'll get a yeah. text message with a with an old promo I didn't like the mirror room, or just <laughs> weird stuff will just kind of appear, and I go, oh my god, I didn't think anybody ever saw that. And not only did they see it, it exists, and people can access it. It's kind of terrifying when you think about. It. Yeah. Did so, you ever do anything crazy in the? Yeah, you do anything crazy in the mirror room because the door is shut. Nobody can really see you, so you kind of feel a little bit more safer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and he figured no one watches them anyway, so right. Yeah. Crazy. Well, uh, I'm so sorry. Sorry to shatter your illusions <laughs> that nobody will ever see them. They still exist. Uh, I want to. I want to fast forward a little bit because. Uh, you went from NXT and you weren't really a strong presence necessarily on no. the NXT brand. You didn't really, you, you, I'd see your face from time to time, but you never really had the run that a lot of guys have. No. And, and seemingly overnight, much to the surprise of just about everyone, uh, you show up with Shinsuke Nakamura. Now, yeah. I've been a Nakamura fan predating his time in WWE. He's one of my, my all-time favorites to watch. And, and even it took me aback going, what the hell is this guy doing with Shin? Why it didn't make sense to me on the surface, and then I'm watching it, and it just kind of worked. Walk me through this process. How did you guys? What was your reaction when you find out what the pairing was going to be, and then how have you guys kind of molded this into what it's become today? Well, how was my reaction? Let's just say I was, I was shocked. I was stunned. All right, because I had I would say about maybe 12 hours of heads up. Right, I got a text like the night before to be at SmackDown. This is what I was going to do. So, you know, obviously I, I play his theme on guitar. Now let's keep in mind that sure. I dilly dally a little bit with guitar, but I hadn't played guitar other than maybe a little bit here and there. Like I did, I hadn't practiced. That's not your thing. You're not like a guitarist. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not even kidding. It's like from time to time, maybe I'm doing something simple and easy, whatever. Maybe just put it on like, Instagram or whatever for but like it's not like I practice, you know. It was like, oh, I, I played this song back when I was 16 years old. Like, I think I can maybe remember it. You know what I mean? I'm oh, I love it. So then they're like, I oh, you learn this, and then and of course, you know, I'm like, yes, I'll, <laughs> I'll do it. But like the uh the anticipation and the nerves with that man, like not just playing guitar, because I was in a band in high school, not a very serious band. I think the biggest little crowd we played in front of was, I don't know, 25 people. So now it's like, well, can you learn this thing in a matter of hours? And everyone's going to judge you. It's going to be in front of millions of people. Right. And it's not really what I do. So <laughs> <laughs> I love, I knew none of this. This is all fresh to me. So forgive me for, no, I'm loving I thought you played the guitar, to be honest. Yeah, I thought I, you knew I, what you were I, doing. I was at least going, was like, well, okay. they found this guy. He at least, they probably went, we need a guitar player. Who do we have in the PC? Oh, Boogs can play guitar. No, no, oh. they went, hey, Boogs, learn to play guitar. We're going to put you on TV. He plays yeah. the air guitar. Oh, you know, so he must be able to play a Les right. Gibson to be able to play the shit yeah. game. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know what it was? Because I the uh, I think it was the first day I was at SmackDown, man. And uh, Bruce Pritchard was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we were, uh, I don't know why they were looking at. I think it was from Old Spice. So I did the Old Spice. Oh, the Old Spice, the Night Panther commercials, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, apparently, like Vince watched it, and he's like, "Call the guy up, right? Just from the character work alone. This is what I heard. So <laughs> then they just had to figure out what to do with me." Because you know what I mean? It's like, well, what does he do? I don't know. Is he on NXT? Like, no. Right? Was, <laughs> here, here, there's a round hole. Here's a square peg. Make it work. <laughs> so they went on my they went on my Instagram. And you know what it was? I did this video where I did a, a lunge. So I had a bar on my back. I did a lunge. And I was playing the trooper on the guitar. Okay. And Bruce said that Vince was going to love that because he loves lifting weights and, you know what I'm saying? And Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah. So, so I guess that was it. Like, oh, he can play the trooper when he's lunging 345 pounds. So let's just have him, you know, bust up Shins tunes live in front of millions of people. 
it, it, I'm listening to this. It sounds like it could be an act on like America's Got Talent. Like that's what. Well, is this going to be worth? Well, no. We're just going to put it on on SmackDown, and it works. I don't know. It yeah. sounds it's it's insane. It's unlikely, but it's awesome because it's 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 a perfect example of how unpredictable and random stuff can be. As much yeah. planning as as goes into a lot of these you know, stories and characters and things we see on WWE TV once in a while on a whim, something just happens and it works. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I was flabbergasted on how it was going to end up, you know? And the funny thing is too, I had like, cause I, dude, again, let me just say, let me just stress it. I'm not, I wasn't practicing guitar at all. Right. So I was like, well, you know, that's, it's all bends and stuff like that. You know, it's, you know, it's a violin. So it's a little bit different than a guitar. So you right. actually, it's bends. It takes finesse, basically. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll just play it like rock and roll version. So it's like, I'll just play these chords and stuff. So I'm playing it during like rehearsal because they just want to see what it's going to sound like. And Triple H is like, he's there and he's just like watching. He's like, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe turn the distortion down or something. They didn't know what it was, but it just didn't sound good. He's like, it sounds like you tried to play it. You just can't. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> let, me, let me try something else. So then I just played it away. So basically, this is with no practice. And obviously, listen, I'll be the first to admit it. The first few times doing it, like, rough. You know what I mean? Not very good. You could tell it was off. It was hard for me, though, because I didn't have, like, the ear in my pieces. Yeah, no monitors, yeah. To hear what I'm playing. So I can't even really hear my guitar when I'm playing it either. So it's, <laughs> I just thank the lucky stars that people dig the act or something and that we did it long enough. And now I feel better with it. I feel more comfortable and stuff. But like those first few times were nerve wracking. You got the ears <laughs> now though, don't you, Boogs? Yeah. They've yeah. upped the game well, a little bit for you. I did, yeah. They help a lot. So they gave those to me. I was like, wow, I can actually hear myself and I can like bend the strings to try to match the notes better. And now, but now that I'm scrapping in the ring, right? I can't, I don't, you know, I wear a denim singlet. I don't have po real pockets, you know? So I, there's nowhere to put the, the the battery pack, the long cord. But now I've been doing it long enough where it's like, I don't need it, right? Now just send me out. I got a feel, baby. I've been doing this like four months of playing this now. Now I got it. I noticed when we started this interview, you had a guitar handy. Also, we're like 20 minutes in and you still haven't sat down. So I yeah, appreciate I'm pretty sure you're is, sweating. Is, Are you hot boxing right now in there? Guys, this shirt, I could I could literally squeeze sweat up. I'm not even joking. <laughs> Like, well, I, do you have, do you have your guitar? Inside. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, Books? This is my habitat, right? This is the rat's nest, right? You gotta get <sighs> you gotta be uncomfortable in life if you really want to move forward. So I figure, listen, if we're gonna have this interview, let's just make it as uncomfortable as possible. Right? Hey, I, I support it, man. Easier. It's it's wonderful. It's it's fantastic. I wish everybody that is listening to this in the audio version could see that, that Boogs has not been seated at any point. There is a guitar handy. There's a giant weight rack immediately behind him. Uh, it, it is exactly the habitat, to use your word, that you would hope for. When you see Boogs on television, you want to yeah. think that guy hangs out there. And we are <laughs> you have verified that thought for us all right now. Yeah, I live in this garage. And it, oh, brother, it's hot. You call it the, the you call it the so rat the rat's nest the rat's nest yeah how'd you get that name don't tell me there's rats in there oh there were yeah there were rats there were rats. oh boogs yeah oh my gosh boogs and I'm not those guys I'm, I'm not exaggerating all right there was a rat infestation <laughs> we got taken care of 
but you know, there's obviously here in Florida, rats are inevitable, but there was like a hole where it was easy for the rats to get in. So once they sealed that up, you took care of the problem. There's no longer rats. In here. Okay. When I first moved here, it was pretty bad. It was very bad. I thought you could see a, them. You could see them. That boogs. I'm about to. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow, guys, I am sweating. Sweating I'm so like sweating. yeah. You're, that's you're what attracts the rats. That's what yeah. happens. Is you sweat in there, and then the rats come in, and they want to roll around. Yeah, <laughs> electrolytes. Yeah, they want the sodium. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, in, in an effort to, do, do you want to take a break so you can dry off? Well, I would. You no, take, I think we should just keep rolling. Why not? There we go. Yeah, right, that, way, that way, if I don't dry off too, my fingers will eventually get pruny enough where you can see it. You know, the prunes and the tips. That's you nice. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Boogs, I got a serious question for you. Yeah. Have you ever used a spoon to spread peanut butter? Opposed to using a knife, the outside of the spoon, not the little divot part, but the the round shape. Yeah, yeah. The spoon's better than a knife. I think well, it's easier. You know, it's the the best thing to do is just to dip whatever you're eating in the peanut butter. You know what I'm saying? So if it's like a, that's it's not a bad thing. You know, like celery. The bread, you just scoop the peanut butter out. They don't even need a utensil. That's fair. <laughs> but I hate utensils. utensils. And I hate glasses and cups and stuff. So you just go right for the the gallon of milk. You yeah. don't put it into a. For real, I just got yelled at by my wife yesterday for that. <laughs> I just, yeah, because she's like, well, nobody wants, like, you. do you want to share somebody else's cup? I'm like, no. Well, it's like, well, why, then why do you drink out of the carton? And it's like, you're marking I your want, territory. I own it. Yeah. I want it to be mine. I get that because you're marking your territory. Like, this yeah, is now exactly. my two gallons. Very primordial. You know what I, mean? I get it. Instinctual. You should get a refrigerator, though, for the rat's nest, which might bring the rats back, which might actually cause more issues. Well, yeah, go back to the roots, huh? Yeah, you got to yeah. go back. You got to rocky it up here, man. You got to go back. You got to train <laughs> harder. Probably, you got to want it. I'm getting, I'm getting too comfortable right now. <laughs> You're getting way too comfortable <laughs> in your leisure lifestyle of the gym. There's only cockroaches. That's just too comfortable. I need to get Can't kill those, up. though. Man. Snakes. You know what? I haven't had a snake yet. Oh, really? Yeah. No I, I think I, oh, yeah, I definitely had some snakes in the garage in Florida. That was a, a semi-regular occurrence. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. When really? I lived in Tampa, I probably at least three or four times in a few years I lived there, I'd just go out and there would just be a snake chilling behind something in the, you just open the door at any point during the day, they'd go in to cool off and then they just yeah. like, hide behind a, a shelf or something like that. Well, I want to ask you, Boogs, <laughs> because this was on my, on my list of things I needed to ask you about. We had a conversation last week briefly. Uh, yeah. And you revealed to me for the first time up close, I noticed you had a very significant tattoo on your chest that uh, the metal fan in me couldn't help but gush over. Vic Rattlehead, the mascot of Megadeth fame, is tattooed on Boog's flesh for good. Tell me the story behind that. Are you just a big Megadeth fan? Oh, huge, huge. Well, more so when I was a kid. So when I was nine years old, I discovered, you know, like all kids, you know, Metallica was on the radio. Oh, this is pretty cool. You know, and then it progressed to thrashier Megadeth, and I got obsessed with them. And then had my parents pay for the Cyber Army fan club, which oh, I think yeah. you got like you got like a piece of paper in the mail every six months or something. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> just so, had a logo. It just had the Megadeth logo on the top of it. <laughs> and then it just had the merchandise you could buy for yeah. full price. <laughs> you paid them for them to sell you more stuff. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. You're just, yeah, what a scam yeah, going back to our sales stuff. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant marketing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really it's an amazing. Amazing strategy on their part. 
I, uh, yeah. So then when I was 18, right, and now I'm, I'm a man, you know, I'm a young adult. So I'm like, well, you got to get some ink. I mean, what what more, what would be cooler than getting Vic Rattlehead? And then it was just a matter of which Vic do you get? You know what I'm saying? Right. He right. sells is kind of weird. It'll be kind of a weird tattoo unless you get like the whole. You need the whole, yeah, the, the entire album cover, right. Rust right. in Peace is iconic, but it's like right. the same idea. So then Killing is my business. Business is good. I'm like, well, you know what? I mean, this is the debut album, right? It's a great little emblem logo. I'm going to put it right on my freaking heart because this band has had my heart, right? And I, I love it. Yeah, I mean, that, I, that's I got a love to, story. I got to work work security for them for uh, the the. 20th anniversary of countdown to extinction they played okay. and i i got to like escort dave from his dressing room to the stage and i was like oh my god i'm fanboying so hard right now this is the coolest thing ever uh so that's, my, that's my negative story was yeah that? that's amazing dude. i did that's sniff his hair, his hair. That, i mean why wouldn't that's you good, yeah. How, you're not gonna you're not gonna walk dave mustaine all the way to the stage and not sniff his hair I, I don't disagree with you that's why i was asking to make sure you did it properly i had this is conversation how, how with was- was he Go cool ahead. in person? You know, he, we, we only had a very brief interaction. He was oh, cordial and friendly. So you know, yeah, I told him, yeah. big fan. Hey, thanks, man. And it was it was not one of the instances where you meet one of your heroes and he disappoints you. Yeah. I have my, my opinion was no lower after working with him for that brief period than you know beforehand. So I was like, oh, okay, this yeah. is awesome. Mustaine's still good in my book. Oh, you know what? I, I probably I actually met them too. Um for the the risk on the risk album ah you know? with with the old like, Goldberg yeah, song on it yeah that, that was a crushem crushem right yeah was that that was the crushem album with it yeah. Goldberg I, used for a second in WCW yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> a weird album man like, yeah looking back some, some classics on there uh yeah so I waited a, in line in Best Buy for like six hours and then, yeah I was thinking like twelve years old or something and I was all nervous. I had the little like a disposable camera and my only interaction was, you know, I was taking pictures of them, but my finger was blocking the lens the whole time. <laughs> so it was like David Elson, Marty Freeman were like, Hey man, your finger's on the lens. I'm like, what? And I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm embarrassed. And I was, uh, <laughs> Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, I got like a hundred pictures, of my, my thumb or whatever, like blocking the lens. So I was like <laughs> a little bit of Dave's hair. I like my finger blocking it. That's fantastic. I'm going to throw some existential uh, metal <laughs> questions your way. Who wins in a fight, Vic or Eddie? Oh, Eddie. Eddie, dude. Okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, I love both bands, but Iron Maiden is like the, you know, they're like the cream of the crop in terms the, the new, of The new album, he's a samurai. Yeah. Samurai Eddie is something I did not realize I needed in my life. Well, I mean, what do they do this? We've completely excluded Vic Joseph from this conversation because he listens to bubblegum pop. Okay. <laughs> I, well, I like Kiss. It's, it's, oh, Kiss, dude. Yeah. yeah, Kiss. They're my favorite band of all time. Graves makes fun of me all the time for it. Not because <laughs> hey, you like Kiss. Kiss. Sweet, love gun. Yeah, I also love like cool. Carly Rae Jepsen. Okay. That I make fun of you for. <laughs> Can't help that one, man. Gets me going in the morning. Gets me yeah, I was, also, I was in the Iron Maiden band club when I was 12, and you got a. It's like a piece of paper and like a laminate picture of like Eddie with like my sixth grade yearbook photo on it. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. (laughs) It's like a hundred dollars a month or something. I don't know. Something ridiculous. A hundred dollars a month, but you get this, this backstage pass that won't actually gain you you access to anything. Exactly. And And then on it was like the, uh, you had, 
the chance if you wanted to to pay like a couple thousand dollars to like be in like a VIP group or something like that, which obviously my parents would never let me. I was 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? So it was another like fan club you're paying to get uh, to get sold something new. That's basically what it was. Listen, as we're having this conversation, my my thought process and my ability to make other people money has has struck yet again. If there's not a Rick Boogs fan club and laminates available at merch stands for WWE in the very near future, Boogs, this is on you. I'm giving you the idea. Next time you're at TV, this coming Friday, go see one of the guys at the merch table and say, hey, listen, I need Rick Boogs laminates. Yeah, I need I like Rick that. Boog's guitar picks. I need inflatable yeah. freaking guitars with my logo on it. And then you can thank me later and you can buy me dinner and we can talk about metal. I mean, it's brilliant, dude. It is brilliant. It's like the Kiss fan club. What is it? They get the dog. Kiss show. Army. Yeah, the Kiss Army. Vic, yeah. you got a patch every six months. I got my patches. Don't I worry about my patches. Oh, you got a Kiss Army. Yeah. He still is. He put a deposit down on a, on a Kiss casket. I mean, Vic's going to be buried in one of those. So, I mean, I wish I could get a Kiss casket. I'm looking at my Kiss lunchbox original, by the way. It's over to my dude. left. Oh, right. before I let you go, Boogs, we could do this all day. Unfortunately, we're running low on time. But now that you're you're in the ring, you're doing your thing alongside Nakamura. He's the Intercontinental Champion. What's on the horizon for Rick Boogs in WWE? Oh, man. You know, I think about this a lot. What's going to happen? And it scares me because I just love the moment so much. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, just first of all, when... When I started on SmackDown too, people were telling me like, yeah, you know, we'll do this and then you're going to get in the ring. Right. And we'll do this. But I just, listen, I just, I'm just enjoying it all. Like there's no rush on anything. You know what I'm saying? When it was like just plain shin to the ring, like I was cool. Now that it's, you know, we're just, we're teaming up. Like it's cool as well. And I don't even want to think of the possibility of this changing because like I'm on a cloud nine right now. You know what I mean? Like, I think at this point, it's just just milk the fan club for as much as it's worth. Come on. A hundred bucks a month, man. That's <laughs> yeah, what it's about. Yeah. Hey, it's all it's all about the checks, right? <laughs> yeah, let's not think about what's next in terms of like me. Let's just find a way to really capitalize on what's going on at the moment. I love it. I think I think that's the right mindset, man. You're just in it. Just be in it. Just live it. Just enjoy it. I, I respect that. I think that's that's a hell of an outlook to have, man. And, and Boog still hasn't sat down yet for this whole interview. He's still no. been standing. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Iron Man. Keep in, mind, keep in mind that if I'm standing, it's like this. So I'm actually doing a quarter squat this whole time. <laughs> His legs are on fire. His quads are burning. He's been doing doing a, a wall sit essentially for the last. <laughs> I'm 35 like minutes. Planner, planner spatiatus in my foot right now. Oh, good. I'm standing. I guess uh, I can show you where I'm like standing. It's very uncomfortable. Let's see. Oh, my God. I'm so sweaty. It's hard. Like, do you see this? Oh, oh yeah. man. Wow, yeah, you're, this is you, where yeah. I'm standing right now. My leg, I don't know if you can see it. My leg, my foot is between a bar and weights. And then my other, I'm straddling a bunch of plates right now. Yeah, yeah, and you have been for 35 minutes, 30, which yeah. is impressive I, in and of itself. Fire. Now, now I know why Shinsuke chose you to be his <laughs> his personal entrance guitar player because because <laughs> you get the stuff done. Oh, I can man. endure suffering, that's for sure. There you go. Well, hopefully there's not too much suffering in your future. Keep doing what you're doing. You're entertaining us. You're entertaining the WWE universe. Get those laminates ready, and I'll uh, I'll wear one on Raw. You know, I'll 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 show show my allegiance to the to the Boogs Army. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, and kudos to you dude, for the brilliant idea. Brilliant. Oh, see, they, see, McAfee doesn't give you good ideas. He just dance, dances. Well, you need yeah. you need a brain on your side, Boogs. Not but, just not McAfee. 
we're all just important parts of this moving wheel. Though, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> That's right. We, we're all in a sense, We're all spokes in the wheel. We're all spokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Spoke, yeah, we're all spokes. In the, absolutely, man. All right, Boogs. We're all entertained. Everything you're doing right now is awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep working your ass off like you do. We appreciate it. Oh. Can I show you something? Yeah. Uh-oh. Can I see I, your clothes coming off. I don't know if we want this. Yeah, yeah. Please bring your shirt out. I want to see the the exertion that this interview required. Yeah, I just, yes. <laughs> exactly. Like, listen, I, it's all fun. It's all, right, all fun and jokes, but this is reality. So let me just... Let's say I'm going to do this necessarily. Let me, I guess I'll ring it and then show it on the floor. Oh, I can oh. hear it. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Did you see that? <laughs> I, I saw it. I heard it. I, wanna, I heard it enough of it. Oh, my brother. Oh, that was tremendous. Yeah. That, that was it. There's nowhere else to go from here. My eyes are watering. <laughs> oh. That was disgusting. I love it. I love it. That was the most intense interview we've ever had on ATB. Thank you, Boogs, for being a part of it. Good luck. Keep doing what you're doing. And you're always welcome here on ATB. And I'm going to take you up on that dinner whenever you make a million bucks and we can talk about metal. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. This was uh, was a real treat, right? And a real test of my, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, I don't know, I guess toughness in a sense of being able to endure a quarter squat for an hour. We like our guests to be as uncomfortable as possible. (laughs) (laughs) I like it too, man. You know, we're making each other tougher. Vic, I got to be honest with you. I've said some unkind things on commentary about Boogs, and I've only had limited interactions with him. But after this interview, I am dead serious. He's got to be one of my new favorite people in WWE. It's quite the uh, it's quite interesting to realize that the person you see on TV, not far fresh from the person yeah, who's exactly. actually walking the into like, the grocery article, store. That's that dude. <laughs> I love it. Like he's in his home and he's just as outrageous and intense as, as when you see him on your screen. I love that, man. It was, it was a lot of fun. I hope hope for the best for Boogs in the future. And I think uh, I mean, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm going to see if he wants to co-host the show going forward. That sucks. Because he didn't try to sell me on some nonsensical peanut butter BS. And you're going to do it, though. I am not going to do it. What I am going to do is to make sure everybody listening follows us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow me at WWE Graves. You can find Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for free, F-R-E-E, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're using Spotify, search After the Bell. Hit that follow button. Keep up with all your favorite shows in the WWE Podcast Network at WWE Podcasts on all your social media platforms. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, less utensils, and more WWE After the Bell. Bell.